and welcome to mini episode 27 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we're not thanking Patreon subscribers, so I don't know why I said that, but we do have a <laughs> birthday to celebrate. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy and, birthday. Oh, I can't believe we're still going. <laughs> and our birthday celebration this week goes to Denise Gallen, who is celebrating her birthday in lockdown, which is a bit rubbish for everybody involved. And usually she said she'd have a big celebration, but she's not. She's not able to. So happy birthday. We love you. I'd like to know if you're related to Kevin, previous professional footballer uh can you if you could answer us on a postcard please thanks so i've got three three listener stories for you today are you ready never ready story number one comes from mallory when i was in the sixth grade i went to a summer band camp where my friend stuck in a whole ouija board we waited until the third night of camp and all went into her room to test it out I wasn't smart enough to take off my religious paraphernalia before we started asking it questions. Nothing was happening for the first few minutes despite our frantic questioning of the board until my friend looked down and noticed blood pouring from my knee. I had fallen earlier in the day and skinned it being a total dumbass, but no blood or plasma had appeared, just some reddening of the skin. But now it needed to be wrapped and properly bandaged. As our attention went to my gross knee, the planchette began to move. It didn't spell out much, just a few letters, before one of my friends got too scared and decided it was enough. We didn't think much about it, and we definitely did not say goodbye to whatever was spouting letters at us. When nerd camp ended, we all said goodbye and went our separate ways. (laughs) Is that what she wrote? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. When nerd camp ended, we all said goodbye and went our separate ways. When I got home and settled into my room, I noticed the air was different. It was heavier and hot. It was hard to breathe it in, but I still didn't think it had anything to do with our Ouija board experience. Huge open wounds began forming on my knee and began spreading to my other knee. I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with empatigo. It typically spreads from skin-to-skin contact, but mine was bandaged immediately after falling due to my crybaby nature. A few days went by. I noticed my mood beginning to change. I started becoming moody and mean, full of rage towards everyone and especially myself. At night, I would hear random voices I had never heard before calling my name over and over to a point that I could not sleep. I began self-harming and having suicidal thoughts. The voices eventually went away as I begged my parents to let me move into a different room. All I could think about was how I was going to die in that room. Nobody ever went into my old room and honestly, I forgot all about the negative stuff. I thought I had beat it or at least thrown it off. Years later, when I was in 12th grade, we moved out of the house and into an apartment complex as we were about to move cities. I was getting ready and listening to music when it suddenly stopped. I was preoccupied, trying to get it back on, when the shower curtain right next to me flung itself open. I was telling my friend, who was also present at our Ouija board test, and we put it all together. The spirit had followed me 
and had been for years. I began seeing a shadow-like figure every now and then. Despite its threatening presence, it never approached me or tried to speak to me. I haven't had any other experiences since then, only the same weird energy in my new closet, and it's been a few years. I constantly sage my new apartment and make sure to say goodbye to the energy as it leaves as a dedicated self-proclaimed witch. It's literally the least I can do. My live-in boyfriend also feels this energy and will tell me every time it touches or brushes by him. The spirit has only brushed past me once, but I can feel it every time I walk into the closet. The spirit in my apartment doesn't feel as negative as the other one did, but I can't help but wonder if it's the same one from all those years ago, and I wonder if maybe I've accidentally passed it on to him. Oh, you can't, nobody can see me, can they? Sorry, I did react to that instantly. But it Dan was is frantically crazy. writing notes, so... Oh, okay. So before I talk about this story, I feel that it is within our public duty to talk to those listeners that we have that are younger, of a younger disposition. If you've been listening to us for a while and you've listened to our children's, uh, our stories that listeners have sent in, you'll notice that there is a theme that lots of kids think it's a good idea to play with Ouija boards. I'm telling you now, this is a very stupid idea. So if you're in a situation where your friend says, hey, I found this really cool board. Do you want to play with it? Say, no, I'd rather go and play Fortnite on the PS4. I've got some Pepsi. Let's go. And, and choose that. It's always the better option. Because there's only two ways that a random board can end. And that is with a demonic possession or a herd stampeding through your house. We, we know that. Or you never be in friends again because it's a particularly intense game of Monopoly true you said so maybe that. maybe my announcement is actually just don't play board games if you're a child but yeah just to, just avoid Ouija boards guys please this is another another story where it goes horrendously wrong it's always that thing isn't it where somebody thinks this is a fucking good idea let's play a Ouija board this is even weirder because I've never heard of someone spontaneously bleeding oh yeah that gave me the hijinis yeah. a little bit and I can I've I can I just say that I've personally had empatigo and it doesn't cause spontaneous bleeding no it definitely doesn't so if you're thinking I've also oh, had it just she went to the doctor and history. the doctor diagnosed her with something that would explain the bleeding it doesn't cause spontaneous bleeding no it really doesn't so I, I don't know why that would happen and I can I can picture the graze she had on her knee. Like we've all had that where you fall and you like have that scuff on your knee and it's really stingy and painful and horrible. Yeah, so one of those don't... ones where you just like the skin lifts up a bit, doesn't it? And then it's yeah. right underneath rather than I don't know what I'm going into detail. You know. What, and I you know. you're doing all these hand gestures as well, which I which I appreciated. But there's a lot of nope to this story. A lot of nope. I don't like the idea of feeling something that's not there. I don't like the idea of voices calling my name at night. I don't like the idea of just passing it on to my boyfriend. I wonder if like maybe the Ouija board just triggered something within her where she was more... Susceptible? So, yeah, like where Mallory wonder, was just like able I, to sense spirits more. I do wonder if, because the modern narrative of the Ouija board is that it causes all... And, and a lot of that was perpetuated by um, The Exorcist, right? Where it's like, oh my God, it's going to kill you eventually blah 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 blah. if when you play the Ouija board you're suddenly more aware of all the things that are going on around Mm. you because you're I don't know it's instilled in you that things that might go wrong could go wrong whereas you weren't really thinking about it before you know I'm a stickler for the rules (laughs) and if part of the rules of doing a Ouija board is saying goodbye at the end just make sure you do it like if you're gonna be if you're gonna do it anyway say goodbye to your friends at nerd camp but also say goodbye to that demon you accidentally summoned in cabin six that's my advice Would you like another story? No. 
Our second series of stories comes from Cindy. I've thought on and off, trying to decide if I wanted to share my story. Finally, I thought, what the heck? These stories get shared a lot amongst my family when it is around Halloween time for a spooky chill down our spines. I plan on sharing three stories from my childhood home in Las Vegas. I grew up in a neighbourhood that was considered historical. Basically, these were one of the first houses that were built when the city was forming. It was said that our neighbourhood in particular were homes to many of the mobsters during the 1970s. I don't know if this explains the things that I went through, but thought I'd let you know, just for some context. Now that I've given you some brief history, let us dive into the stories. And I apologise if these might seem a little all over the place. I was 15 years old and it was my father's birthday. We are a family of six, and one of my brothers was living in California at the time. We were all gathered around the dining room table, located in the kitchen, ready to sing him happy birthday. My family had never really felt comfortable in that kitchen. We often think we see some shadowy figure walk past behind us quickly, if one of us is washing dishes and such. This becomes relevant later, but let's not get sidetracked. My dad decided to call my brother that was living in California, so that he may join us in wishing my father a happy birthday. My dad dialed his number and put the phone on speaker. Through the speaker we heard the phone ringing and ringing, kind of distant, but still close by. I hear, Dad? In my brother's exact voice and in the form of a question. I thought it was strange that he would answer like that, since that's not how he usually answers the phone, but dismissed the thought as quickly as it came. The phone continues to ring. And then I finally say out loud with a chuckle, Oh, I thought he answered. I thought I heard him say dad just now. My sister was standing near me and she looked at me and said, But I heard him too. Frozen in place, I tell her to mimic the way she heard it and it was exactly what I heard. We get distracted from seeing my dad happy birthday and can't stop talking about how someone mimicked my brother's voice exactly. My brother never answered the phone. These next two stories still have me confused, and I still can't explain what the hell happened. My junior year seemed to be my most active year for whatever reason, and whatever it is that stalks the house. Another super quick backstory. We've all heard a figure walk in the hallways of the house at any hour of the day. Usually this figure sounds like a person that wears heavy work boots. We used to get up to see who was there, but there came a time that we all just ignored it and figured it was harmless because that was all it did. At 16 years old, I loved metal music and loved an opportunity to play it loud if no one was home. The only people who were home during this particular sunny afternoon were I, my brother and his friend. Soon my brother lets me know that he's going to head out with his friend for a bit. I was left in the quiet living room, just looking for the right CD I wanted to pop into the stereo. When I hear the kitchen cabinets opening and slamming closed, as if someone was mad that they couldn't find what they were looking for. But then I remembered that I was all alone at home. 
immediately I think, oh my God, somebody has broken into the house and doesn't realise that I'm home. I just think to myself how I have to stay quiet and run for my phone to call the police or my brother who just left not 10 minutes ago. The opening and closing of multiple cabinets at a time goes on for maybe 20 seconds before I get the guts to run to my bedroom where I left my phone and lock myself in. I'm afraid that these intruders will definitely see me since I have to run past the kitchen to get to my bedroom but it was a risk I had to take. I bolted for it. Not looking into the kitchen because I have to stay focused on my destination, my bedroom. I could die from one pair of hands, or Manny. My fate wouldn't change by looking, I thought. I get to my room and slam the door so hard since I'm convinced that they would have heard my loud running steps anyway. I lock the door. I dial my brother's number for some reason instead of calling the cops. I tell him, you need to come back home now. Somebody broke into the house and I've locked myself in my room. I heard them in the kitchen. And my brother freaks at the other end and shouts, I'm coming. I wait quietly behind my bedroom door to hear the intruders come and get me. I was going to hold that door shut with all of my might. I hear a person in heavy work boots calmly walk and stop right in front of my door. I see the shadow of the person from under my door and then they just turn and walk away. I never hear them walk much though. It's as if his steps just randomly disappeared. My brother comes bursting into the house, fist ready, and searches the place. Nobody is home except me. This story is shorter, but maybe the scariest to me. Sorry, Dan. Mm. Months later, I'm still 16 and it was 6am on a school day. I was in my bathroom doing my makeup and listening to music softly since everyone else was still fast asleep. I remember that I left something on my bed that I needed and I decided to go and get it. I don't even get past the doorframe because I realised that someone was standing there in the way just outside the bathroom. It was the most horrifying thing that I've ever seen. Outside of my bathroom was an old lady. Oh no, 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 no. Shorter than me, and I'm pretty short, in a raggedy, floral, dirty, moo-moo dress. She had very short, curly white hair, but her face. Her face had more wrinkles than a 100-year-old person. Her skin was grey, and her eyes were black, and around her eyes were as black as night too. It was as if she had put on the blackest eyeshadow around them, up to her eyebrows. Her expression said that she loathed me. I have never seen a face full of hatred that could only have been exaggerated by her endless wrinkles. I staggered back in surprise and hit the wall behind me. Slamming the bathroom door shut, I take a few minutes to grab my bearings and open the door again. And she's gone. Terrified, I go wake up my mom and tell her what I saw. My mom, pissed that someone would scare her precious girl, marched to my bedroom and cursed the bitch out in Spanish, yelling at her to leave the house and never bother me again. Since that day, I've never seen that old lady again. It's a big no from me to all three stories. Mm. Okay, Simon Cowell of stories over there. It's a no from me. No, I don't like technology... I don't like old ladies. 
Oh, that's harsh. I know, I do like old ladies, but I don't like scary old ladies that have got a hateful face. That's true. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that description of the old lady with the shadowed eyes is exactly what I saw, except in a younger younger girl. Did she have a hateful face, though? Uh, She made me feel sick to my stomach, so I'm assuming maybe it was hatred that made me feel like that. I don't know. Uh, and it's just in the doorway as well just staring at you and especially like six o'clock in the morning you're getting ready to go to school it's bright it's not a time when you would be thinking that you're going to be met with a demonic lady outside your door no 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 i don't also don't like the phone story either like who's who's pretending to be a brother yeah who went dad that's gross yeah and also the looting of the house that wasn't a looting so does that mean that the ghost who was stomping up and down in his work boots was he doing more when they weren't there like did they just not realize how much he was actually doing i was i thought for a bit i was going with residual in energies energies because um it sounds like a sort of routine thing that you do in your house doesn't it yeah like stomp down the hallway like some people quite heavy-footed no, get you're looking for something in the kitchen, you get frustrated, don't you? Slam a few doors, stuff like that. It sounds mm. residual, but it's just the fact that he stopped and waited outside her door. And that is such a big fear of mine. Like, you know, when you have mm. those nights where I don't know, like the bent neck lady pops into your head yeah. and you're lying there at night time and then you're like, Oh god, this is really scaring me. I always get really paranoid that I'm gonna see a shadow underneath in that underneath light of the bedroom mm. door. That freaks me out. Yeah. Cause let me tell you. I would be throwing you to the wolves. There's a part of me that knows that I'd be sacrificed, but there's also a bigger part of me that knows you'd sleep through it anyway, so I'd be all right. Would you like one more story? No, I'm I'm really not feeling it. Well, this is a uh, return (laughs) submissioner. (laughs) Do you remember Giselle's story about the Ouija board? Oh, yeah. Well, Giselle is back. With the Ouija board again. Not with the Ouija board again. So, Giselle, story number three. Are you ready? No. So I live in a humble two-story house. There are only two bedrooms upstairs and nothing else. One of the bedrooms has a door leading to the attic. As a child, I slept in the bedroom downstairs while my brother and uncle had the bedroom upstairs. They would always tell me about the footsteps they would hear coming up the stairs. Sometimes quickly and other times slowly. But they would never hear the steps going back down. I never heard them. And just shook it off as them fucking with me. Given that they were both four years older than me, I never actually believed them. I'd since moved out, gone to university and forgotten about the whole thing. I was visiting home for the weekend. And my younger brother, who was 11 at the time, I'm 10 years older, had taken my bedroom downstairs. So I was to sleep in the bedroom upstairs alone, while the other bedroom was empty as my older brother had since moved out as well. I wasn't scared and I didn't think anything of it until I lay in my bed unable to sleep. It was about 3am and feeling restless that I couldn't get to sleep. It was way past my younger brother's bedtime and both my parents were zonked out as they both had work the next day. Suddenly, I heard footsteps coming up the wooden stairs. I felt somewhat relieved thinking my baby brother was up and bored. I heard a knock on my door and nonchalantly said, What's up, Ian? I got no response. I never heard anything else for the rest of the night. Nothing went back down the stairs, not another step. 
which would not have been easy because the stairs were wooden. I didn't sleep a wink until I heard my parents get up for work around 5am when I booked it downstairs and crept into bed with my brother to finally get some sleep. I never heard it again and I pray I never do again. Yep, no, 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 no. I mean, that is on par with seeing that shadow underneath your door, do you know, mm. hearing somebody's footsteps tip, 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 tip. It's up the knock the on the door. Like, yeah. I'm convinced, like, footsteps, I think, most the majority of the majority of people that hear footsteps are hearing residual energy. That is my paranormal opinion, which is obviously very um, admired in the field of paranormal investigations. Yes, yes, it is. But the knocking on, oh, yeah, don't knock on the door. And it must be so unnerving to just presume it's someone and then it turns out it's not. But the thing is as well, if you mm. were thinking, uh, this is this is my brother, say so she's still on that train of thought, you'd be equally as freaked out by the fact that he's just standing outside your door and hasn't gone back downstairs again. Yeah. Like that would make you go, oh my God, is he okay? Like, do I open the door? Is somebody going to be standing there? Like, is is it a house intruder? Like, what the fuck is happening? Maybe it's like a... What's the one with the... Is it the conjuring where the girl just stares at the, stands at the wardrobe? Oh, that is the conjuring where she's knocking her head off the wall. Yeah. That's mm. a creepy scene, mm, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. so no. I wouldn't be sleeping either, so makes sense. No, I wouldn't be either. I'd be shitting myself. Although I feel like I've got the um, title to my first debut album written down on my notes, 3am and Restless. Oh... I mean, that is I. That is a great album name. 3am and Restless. Yeah, thanks for that, Giselle. I'll give you the credits in the album liners when I get around to writing it. Uh, what instrument are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna play? Um, the uh, spoons. Oh, very nice. <laughs> There's a great market for that. So, if you enjoyed this week's episode and you would like to send in your own listener's story, you are more than welcome to do so. You can send it to Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so. You get extra content every week for only $5 a month. That's pretty incredible. If you sign up for $2 a month, you get access to Dan's other secret podcast, which is called 50p Movie Club. It's not really a secret. It's it's the worst kept secret. Because I've actually got a secret podcast coming up, haven't I? Yeah, that's that's also true. I mean, if 50p Movie Club was a secret, it would be really bad form that I have a t-shirt of it. If you want to buy some merch, subscribe to our YouTube channel, find us on our social medias. The link to all of those is in our website, which is in the description of this episode. On that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.